comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking American Sniper. Um, so fans should know, by the way, that we had a technical snafu with this recording, and we talked about American Sniper, albeit the recording was had it was done a second time so it might not there might be a, a bit of a weird transition in between when we get to quickies and when we get to the actual film review but be sure to know that this will be a very fun episode so with that in mind wait a minute i forgot my introduction we are now recording and this is out now with aaron and abe i am aaron and as always this is Abe! Hello, hello. Hi. Out Now is a film podcast. We're Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 178, 178. Oh, I thought we were at 180 already. Nope. Nope. Can't count. Sorry. It was 177 last week. It was pretty clear. We, you, <laughs> I said it, you said it, we all laughed. Abe, you're not very good at math. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's called arithmetic. Arithmetic? Yeah. yeah. That's it, my favorite it, Team Fortress 2 character. No, it's, it's actually what you get when you're pretty old and you can't move your hand a lot. It's, uh, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, this week's episode, we're talking American Sniper, the new film from Clint Eastwood starring Bradley Cooper. And joining us to discuss American Sniper, we have from... <clears throat> <laughs> joining us to discuss American Sniper, we have from Reviews from a Bed, he's a dead eye with a water pistol. It's Philip Price. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Good to be here. For sure. Watch out for that water pistol. Oh, you know. <laughs> and from Just Seen It, which is sadly coming to an end soon, it's Aaron Fink. What? Yo, what's yeah. up? What, what it, happened, Aaron? What happened? Tell us. It's over. Uh, it just, it just, it's over. We, we decided to end the show. We weren't, uh, weren't bringing in the money and making the progress that we wanted to, Ooh. but we had lots of fun, and everybody did an excellent job. We made a bunch of friends. It was great. You know, we achieved a lot. I'm very I proud of it. I honestly just thought it was a wrap party for the season on the photos on Facebook. Hey, that's uh, what I thought. No, no, no yeah, that was, no, that was I'm sad. It. It's done. It's over. Uh, yeah. The last shoot was yesterday. Just got a little bit of sound mixing to do, and then we're gonna put them out. Put them the up wedding on ringer. Hulu. Got it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we we quit the because of the wedding, ever, ringer. the wedding ringer. <laughs> 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 we're like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. We're throwing in the towel. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure you guys had an Oscar special, right? Yeah, that was what we talked about uh, yesterday that we filmed yesterday. Those will be up on the web in a few days. Okay, well, you know, it sounds like sounds like you at least like, went up on a on a good note. You got like, the Oscars in, you know, Hollywood's biggest night. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, and Taken Three was the weekend before. Got that gem out of the way. Yeah, yeah, it's, yes. like, it's like two back to back Gold Star episodes. <laughs> yes, each for different reasons. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from that sad note, which is sad, it's unfortunate, it, but at it least, you know, JustSeenIt.com will always be there, and you can always yes. find all ten or so of my reviews on JustSeenIt.com. <laughs> <laughs> or on YouTube.com slash JustSeenItReviews. We'll get to plugs later, but of course, I mean, Phillips, reviews from a bed, they're, you know, take it he's, off as well. Yeah, oh, I mean, he's <laughs> got a king size now. Yeah, moving on up. Exactly. <laughs> it's just so comfy. So comfy. <laughs> Speaking of comfy, let's do a little know everybody. Where each week we try to set the tone for the podcast and better get to know, know everybody. everybody. And uh, Abe, why don't you start this one off? Sure. Why aren't there more military comedies? Because they. Good I question. Know, I don't know. I like. I mean, I, I'm Three Kings is one of my favorite movies ever. I love yeah, the Mash I, movie. You know, like, I, Mash and stuff like Stripes or Stripes. Um, uh, it's just uh, like, I don't. What happened people, here? I don't know. The satire is. Well, there's just not as much satir- satirical comedy the last anymore. Can, the last I can think of is, like, Buffalo Soldiers with Joaquin Phoenix. I'm trying to think of other recent military I comedies. mean, I, you know, there's funny elements to Jarhead, but, yeah, like, that's but a drama. Yeah, you, comedy, like, straight yeah. comedies? For, yeah, yeah, just, like, it's straight just, comedy. yeah, it's just, we, 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 um, 
we analyze and satirize other things now in different ways, like our set, which saves money. I don't know. It's not as funny. We we don't think it's as funny anymore. I guess for whatever reason. I mean, things have been this modern war, America. We just don't want. Clint Eastwood was in Kelly's Heroes, and that's a that's a good one. The Men Who Stare at Goats. There we go. That's that's the last one I can think of. (laughs) Yeah, that was like what oh nine or something. Uh, that's it was a good call, Abe. It was oh nine. Yeah, what oh, about, uh, I think we're forgetting Delta Farce, though, you guys. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't see it, but I heard Comedy Gold. Was that a. <laughs> I, was, I forget the exact. Was it Lee Daniels' Delta Farce? I, I, can't, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, can't I always forget title. to put that in front of it, but thank you for clarifying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a good question. I'm trying to think of, like, other. Yeah, we don't I, really... I was doing the game last night, and I was like. There are all these serious movies. You know what, Abe? You know, the last thing we can think of? Canceled. Tropic Thunder. Trop- well, oh, <laughs> yeah. But the last thing I really think of? Canceled TV show that we both loved, Abe? Uh, I know, Enlisted. that's what I thought of, too. Enlisted. Enlisted. Right, on Fox. Yeah, that was a pretty funny show. Available yeah. now on DVD. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm sure you can find, you can find, you can find Enlisted on DVD at audible.com, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a question. Uh, what gunslinger would you trust by your side in popular movie culture? T one or Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger T eight hundred. Did you call him a gunslinger? Uh, guns. I I see your point. Like something like you know Clint Eastwood, <laughs> like as you know yeah the man the man with no name or something like that. Or, you know, maybe, like, a sniper that's the most deadly in all of American history. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a robot Ter- for the Terminator, future. It's, it's more like a means to an end. It's like, he's, what's the easiest way I can do something with this? Oh, he's never going to miss. He's got a radar in his brain. Look, he misses a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's got terrible... I'll, uh, I'll go with Rooster Cogburn. Uh, there you go. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels is Rooster Cogburn. Jeff Bridges' version. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember when, remember when uh, Jeff Daniels is Rooster Cogburn... Was yeah. drugged and then had to I'm like sure take, that all he, that, take sure a that... crap on the uh, on the toilet in that movie. Serious, <laughs> serious Jeff Daniels might be able to pull it off. I would have Doc Holliday played so wonderfully by Val Kilmer. I thought you were gonna say Dennis Quaid, and I was gonna slap you over the internet. Oh uh... shit! <laughs> no, Val Kilmer is the best. But but I don't want him to have to be sick though. He's got to be in the prime of his life. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry to anyone who did, who didn't see Tombstone or you know history. <laughs> yeah, right. Who didn't? I mean, he's, he's dead already. <laughs> because because if people didn't know that, they'd surely think Doc Holliday was probably still alive out there somewhere. <laughs> Philip, you got a favorite gunslinger? Man, I was trying to think of anyone besides like Seth MacFarlane, but uh, maybe you know <laughs> any of uh, uh, wait, Kevin Costner's got a, a, a few good ones there. As, as any of his would. I'd probably Stop. take him. As as we all know, I'm not a Costner fan, but I'll give him I open am range. Not either. I'll give him open range. Okay. Open range. It's a good movie. It's a good shootout. <laughs> yeah, it's damn good. A, that's a boring movie, bro. <laughs> Guess for that shootout. It yeah, stars I know. Oscar nominated Robert Duvall Robert from Duvall? the Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Duvall. <laughs> Oscar nominated Robert Duvall. Man, probably multiple what Oscar nominated. I mean, he's probably how many? Let's see. Let's find this out. Let's let's play the I, game. Look up like how just... many Oscars Robert Duvall has. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm let's gonna make say... a guess. Here we go. Early Wait. early games, guys. Okay, okay, everyone put everyone everyone guess how many Oscar nominations Robert Duvall has, and I'm gonna tell you tell you the answer. Three. You're saying three? Seven. I'm gonna go with three as well. Yeah. Saying three. Abe. Or, I'm sorry, oh, Aaron. I said, I said six. You're the closest because he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Oscar nominations. Name wow. them: The Judge, A Civil Action, The Apostle, Tender Mercies, which he won for, The Great Santini, Apocalypse Now, and The Godfather. Uh-huh. You Is guys, the Apostle so... worth watching? What? Is The Apostle worth watching? Because yeah. I remember seeing that and I was like, eh, I think I should go see this movie. Yes, The Apostle's worth watching. Okay. Right. Most of these are worth watching, just not that last one. You know, The Judge. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> um, that was a fun that was a fun mini game. I think so. We'll go back to Oscar stuff. Yeah, we'll insert the xylophone later. You got yeah. Well, we bit to actual games. That was pre games. Pre games. Uh, that was pre games. Gotcha. Speaking of pre games, this is not a segue at all. I just want to say speaking of and then add something and then move on to a next thing. I want we skipped over news. Uh, there is none. That's why we skipped over news. But there will be commentary <laughs> soon. I keep saying this, but it will happen. And iTunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps out our show. Please help us out. Log on to iTunes and give us a rating on Outtown with Aaron and Abe. Because... Gracias. Okay. So that's how you play. No, no everybody. 
See, we, we wrapped it in with that was that was great. Was yeah, great. we I, came full circle. It's the you ambition that keeps so, this podcast you're going. You're so talented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. It's called being clever. <laughs> All right, let's move on now. Let's get out of quickies. Tim. Oh, I was on it. Each oh, week it damn it. Each week, each week out now, we always have one main movie of the week that we talk about. But we always have other movies that we see during the week that we always have to quick out of quickies. Tim. Oh. <laughs> let's start with Philip. Philip, have you seen any other movie this week? Uh, yeah, this week I saw Black Hat and The Wedding Ringer, and no, yeah, those two. This is what what else I saw besides Sniper. What'd you What'd you think of uh of Wedding Ringer? I actually enjoyed it pretty well. Uh, maybe because I went in with such low expectations, because it really did look pretty rough. I didn't know what exactly they were trying to do with it, but. Um, I mean, it's it's totally conventional, but I thought I liked the combination of Hart and uh, Kevin Hart and Josh Gad, and uh, you know, it was it was funny enough. It served its purpose, I thought. So I, I enjoyed it. See, if I, you like, I, I didn't see you, it, so I, I but I like them. I, I wouldn't imagine I'm like, man, I can't wait to see this. But if it comes out, it's, if it comes out at some point, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll watch this maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if you, I mean, if you like Kevin Hart and you know what you're getting into, then you'll enjoy it. If not, then you know, don't go see it because you're not going to enjoy it. Abe, we have to start creating like a Marcus Robinson scale for Kevin Hart movies because he hates Kevin Hart. <laughs> Does he hate Kevin Hart? Wow. He's he is not a fan of Kevin Hart at all. So I want to. I want, we should make a scale of like how many Marcus Robinsons we give this out of ten or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like going full heart or like like light on the heart. Like top five is like a two out of ten Marcus Robinsons on the heart really? scale. Really? Wow. <laughs> he's, cause he's only you didn't like bit. top five. No, but he, no, but he's only Uh-oh, in. Okay. No, it's 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 not a matter of the movie. It's a matter of the Kevin Hartness of the movie. It's, yeah, it's he's yeah. only in top okay. five for like a scene, which is one of the best scenes of the movie. It <laughs> it's like a it's like a two out of five, two out of ten Marcus Robinsons. Yeah, which scene is he in? He's Kevin in Hart the, when he's comfortably on, like on a he's call. Coming. He's his agent. Gonna, he's his agent. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's right. That movie was so good. I, I wish know? it would have gotten nominated for a screenplay award. What yeah. about that? I like that movie. Aaron, what you what else have you seen this week? Oh God, uh, I didn't see anything. What have you seen week. recently that you like to point out? Gosh, I haven't seen very much at all. I haven't seen anything good. Uh, I yeah, just then we'll been... go back to Philip. Phil, what do you think of Black Hat? Yeah, <laughs> talk, to, talk about Black Hat. I haven't seen anything. I'm I'm out. <laughs> uh, Black Hat was, I mean, I don't know. You expect more because it's Michael Mann and. Uh, it was interesting because he's always got, you know, the crime story and he's kind of that's his thing. And so it was going to be interesting to see what he did with the cyber crime story. But it just kind of devolved into this uh, typical procedural. And I didn't really care about a lot of the characters. And so it just kind of it sat there for me. It was it was pretty dull in spots and probably could have been shaved down by half an hour or so and been a lot, uh, you know, at least more thrilling in, in the last act and everything. But. It, as far as you know, Michael Mann goes, it's definitely lesser man for me. I I agree. I would say it's a lesser man. That's a good way to put it. I I wouldn't say it, like I know like a lot of people are calling it lifeless. I I was like into it enough just because I do like the style of Michael Mann. I agree that it could be shaved down and you know probably be a more even more efficient in what it's trying to do. But at the same time, it's it's try as serious as it tries to be. Something about Chris Hemsworth as handsome hacker like working his way across the world is inherently funny to me so i was like enjoying it for like both that reason and just because I, I like the way man kind of presents procedural stuff it doesn't really bother me too much especially just kind of seeing the way he's especially as he's evolved with digital cameras since he's very much in league with like i want to shoot this as real as possible I, I like seeing how he kind of does it every time he comes out with something new and like, oh yeah and like public enemies was a neat example it's like a neat experiment I, I, I like that movie okay, but like seeing the kind of use of that kind of photography in a period film setting, that was like that was a, that was a neat touch. But, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I love the the just the style of Public Enemies, like the period with that with how he shoots it is is great. Um, yeah, and definitely there's a lot of I mean there are interesting things going on in Black Hat. It's just it, not a, it doesn't feel as compelling as it as it probably should be because you're like you know this should. It's got all the factors of a of like a solid, really good movie that leaves an impression on you, and then when you walk out of the theater, you're just like, okay, you know, that was cool, it was fine for what it was. Yeah, and that's exactly why we're doing American Sniper, not Black Hat this week. I <laughs> kind of figured exactly that is what it's going to be. It's like, what can we really talk about with this? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> for an extended period of time. But I will shamelessly plug my own essay that I wrote this week about Michael Mann films because I did write it. He has a lot of great casts in his movies, and I was like, yes. I want to write something about Michael Mann, so I did, and I wrote this 
nice essay at thecodazeep.com about Michael Mann's all of his films and the casts in them. So. I'm sorry, Aaron. What was that at, uh, website again? Thecodazeep.com, Abe. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It'll be a link to the show notes. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? I didn't watch anything else, but I did watch uh, the one I love on Netflix last week, actually. Had it was a not... weird movie. Oh, you haven't seen it before, right? No, I hadn't. It was yeah. a weird oh, movie. So I enjoyed it. That's the film with Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. And Elizabeth Moss, yeah. Yeah, no, I, Aaron, you said you liked that? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I saw that way back at the Newport Beach Film Festival, actually, and I was happy that it got such acclaim as it did when it finally like came out like on VOD and, and limited release. I, I enjoyed that movie quite a well. I, I think Elizabeth Moss, she's really good in that movie, but she had Pretty a good. great year. She, she, I don't know if anyone saw Listen Up, Philip. Including Philip, I don't know. Philip's not listening to Philip. But, I haven't uh, seen Listen Up, Philip. I need to see that. That stars her and uh, Jason Schwartzman, and she's like, she's been like the MVP of these little movies that she's been doing this year, which is nice to see because I like Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. She's all grown up from The West Wing, Abe. She, I know. I, was, I keep I on know. thinking her as Zoe. <laughs> the West Wing. I mean, her dad's gonna go, like, go ape on somebody someday. I. <laughs> I, I saw Paddington this week. Ah, um, Paddington is wonderful. Um, I, I, I was he- I was hearing so many great things about it, and I remember people talking about like the bear looked creepy in the trailer. Like I don't know where that's coming from, but what I do know is that this movie is just adorable to watch. Like it's it has the kind of whimsy and fun that you get from like the Roll Doll films, like Fantastic Mr. Fox, which you know I love, Abe, and yep. like Matilda or even Willy Wonka. Like it has like, it has that kind of charm in the plot of Beethoven. Like that's the movie. <laughs> and <laughs> the plot of that, so that, he slobbers a lot. Exactly, he slobbers. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, no, but like there's just kind of, the way it's just constructed. It's very, it's just really just fun to watch and very endearing. And it has that kind of British, that dry British humor mixing with this well animated CG bear creature. Like it just, it's really, really well done. I was very, very happy to just sit there and like just watch this surprised. I wouldn't say see. I wouldn't say surprised. I wouldn't say surprised going into it just because i was hearing such great things but i will i'll say i was certainly very happy that i was i i found it to be as good as i was hearing it would be it was mm-hmm. okay yeah but yeah i definitely recommend paddington that's just that's just a good movie oh oh wait i yeah. remember i watched the muppets most wanted last week with constantine yeah and it was <laughs> oh my god it was so good i loved it uh, i'm a big muppets fan Yes, Abe and I are also big Muppets fans, and the I thing I, I the, what I thought it was I. The thing I remember most is how game Ray Liotta and Danny Trejo were to like be backup prisoners, prison singers, in the <laughs> yeah, and dancers, <laughs> and dancers. That was amazing. Yeah, like like Ray Liotta steps in. It's like he's just he doesn't even like say he's just kind of back in the background for a while. It's like Ray Liotta's here. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, dude! And the Constantine song to Miss Piggy is phenomenal brett mckenzie is a brilliant musician i'll be excited to see what else he does in the film like we see a lot of Jermaine. it's like where's where's brett what's he doing I want to see he's more. behind the scenes he's writing all the songs I, yeah i want to see i want to see more movies featuring his songs i know well let's we should, somebody, we let's get on that hollywood twitter yeah yeah all right Put more of your songs in movies <laughs> okay so that was on a quickies tm tm features <laughs> <laughs> Philip's saying it really quiet and before all of you guys. He's actually, yeah, he's I, actually, yeah. He's actually I'm in the sneaking same it in there. You yeah. don't even know. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, Chris. Would you be surprised if I told you that the Navy has credited you with over 160 kills? Do you ever think that you might have seen things or done some things over there that you wish you hadn't? Oh, that's not me, no. What's not you? All right, so now we uh, let's um, let's do the main review here. Um, for those that are listening, you should probably hear some kind of jarring switch in tone because there was some technical snafus, and we have to kind of do a little couple things over here. Uh, the review might be a little more truncated than normal, but with that said, uh, let's get to Phillips' thought for, Phillips' thoughts first on American Sniper. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed uh, a lot of American Sniper. Um, I like that it it wasn't necessarily here to give you a, an anti or pro war message, um, but more was a, a character study. Um, 
and provides a kind of portrait of the side effects of being this patriot. Um, I will say the the further I've gotten away from the movie, the more I learn about the actual guy, the actual Chris Kyle. Uh, I kind of have a, a few problems with it, um, but overall, uh, the movie it's it's it, what is solid about it is definitely Cooper's performance. It hinges on the strength of that. Um, there are definitely a few issues I have with it, such as the the back and forth structure. Um, it uses, uh, which is kind of conventional, which you can attribute to Eastwood, um, as well as kind of the, the context in which the events happen. There's not a lot of it. Um, but then again, it, it, for me, it goes back to this just being about the, the man and, um, in, in that, uh, you know, in coming at it from that perspective, uh, Cooper's performance and, and how he conveys, um, the, the the mentality of this guy is is just what makes it uh, excel for me. All right, let's go to Aaron. Well, I was in the opposite camp. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. I I mean, okay, there are things that I do like. There are some scenes that are good, and Bradley Cooper is very good. But overall, I'm not a big Clint Eastwood fan. Um, I think that there's just something missing in his filmmaking. There's no real sense of him trying to say something, whether it's visually or, or thematically. And I just felt like this wasn't very suspenseful. Um, you know, they, there were a lot of individual moments that, that had some cohesion to them, but it was mostly they're under fire and then they're not, and then they're under fire and then they're not. And I just didn't feel the tension as much as something like the Hurt Locker, for example, which I love. I think it's one of the best war movies, war movies to have come out in years. So I just, I was missing the stakes here. I don't know. Um, even though I knew that he was probably going to make it out of the war okay, just as I did in The Hurt Locker, I just didn't feel any tension. Um, and I, I just wanted more from Eastwood. I, I think that somebody that's been around as long as him should have something to say and should have a way of saying it. And he's all over the place, you know, in, as ter- in terms of his canon um, and, and what kinds of stories he tells and how he shows them to us visually. Um, so it's just a miss for me. Not, not, uh, not a big fan. Because I, it might be, it's weird. For, it's gonna be. It's a little weird for us because we're talking about basically the same thing that all four of us just discussed in a a brilliant podcast a, that, yeah, that no one's ever good. going to hear. This is. It's one. It's gonna be. And there's only. I think there's only like two or three of these that are the lost episodes without now with Aaron and Abe. There was one of them was a Breaking Bad episode. Yeah, there was a podcast between Jonathan Van Dyke and what's oh, what's his name? Abe, your friend. Um, uh, he was on for Moneyball. I don't know. Oh my god, I can't even. Sorry. Right. He hasn't been on for a lot. He was like he's in like season one about now podcast. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but like we only had so many. Like we we had a whole we recorded a whole Breaking Bad TV episode. All of that was gone. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, I want to before we focus on Abe and I because Abe and I can do this anytime. I want to keep the focus on on you guys what you thought yeah, of the film. Absolutely. Um, and so with, with that said, I know Philip, you like the movie more. Um, Aaron, you don't like the movie. Yeah. Um, I guess because I we'll get into our thoughts on it, but I I know that I I was a big fan of the kind of of the of some of the coming home scenes. I thought some of those scenes were like some of the best scenes in the film. But I know Philip, you you're more a fan of the kind of the war efforts that was going on, kind of the, how they portrayed the action. So if you want to talk about that a little bit, well, yeah, I was just um, well, yeah, like I kind of said before, I I was more into the movie when I, I was watching that, and um, what kind of caused the the disruption in uh you know, how much I did like it was, was the back and forth and that structure, um, which, you know, again, I don't have a suggestion on what they could have done to, to better illustrate the scope of this guy's life or all the factors of it or anything. Um, but definitely that, that, that back and forth was, was a little jarring for me because I, I would get so into, uh, some of the war, uh, the wartime stuff and how he's protecting his comrades and how he's, you know, Cooper's facial expressions are dealing with, you know, if he should take this shot to um, take a life or uh, if he doesn't take this shot, what lives is he not saving, you know, that are closer to, to him. And you just saw that complexity in his performance. And so I found that stuff really uh, intriguing and probably closer to where you'd see, you know, the, 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 the representation of the real Kyle, as far as the movies representing him, um, 
but then again, you you discussed a scene earlier where uh, where he comes home and he does deal with uh you know a fellow vet that comes up to him and tells him you know how he uh, I won't spoil it but basically you know says hey you're, you're a hero and everything and are yeah. you Chief Chris Kyle? Yes, sir. My name is Mads. Um, we met in Fallujah. You saved my life. Did you speak to balance? I did. Yes, sir. We were stuck in a house until you came in with first marines you were the one that carried me out oh wow well marines saved our ass plenty of times uh, how are you you all right you hold up great mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm i'm just grateful to be alive it hasn't been cool hasn't been easy but you know a lot of guys lost more than just a leg mm-hmm mm-hmm you lose some friends well that too but i'm talking about the guys that lived you know they made it back but they're just not they're just not back, you know, they can't seem to get right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come down to the VA sometime? The guys will love it. They all know who the legend is. My family thanks you for your service. Okay, thank you. All right. That that definitely is is really effective. And while I do I did I was more into the the war scenes watching the movie the that scene definitely resonated more the the further I get away from actually watching it real quick before I get to Aaron uh, Abe I'm looking at the Moneyball episode now Matt Dunbar is the yeah, guest I'm trying to Dunbar, think of Dunbar yeah and um also fun fact about that episode which is number 28 for you out now completists uh we had we talked about the trailer for J Edgar or Jedgar one of Clint Eastwood's worst movies, yeah. <laughs> as, and as, as well as The Gray. So that was a good trailer day. Was a good, yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson straight jacked up them wolves. And um, and next week's show was fifty fifty. That was a good. That, that was good episode twenty nine apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so there there you go. Out now history guys. Hashtag. Um, uh, with that in mind, um, I know Phil, you got to leave in a few minutes here. But Aaron, uh, while you're not a fan of the movie mainly because kind of Clint Eastwood's very straightforwardness and how it didn't really have how you feel it didn't really have much to say. I think we're all, we all believe Bradley Cooper did a good job. Would you, is yeah. that, you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. I think he did a great job. Um, I don't know if he deserves to be nominated uh, necessarily, um, but I think that he was definitely the best part of the movie, and I probably wouldn't recommend it at all in any capacity to anyone if he wasn't in it. All right. I want I want to let Philip go at this point just because I know you got you got to yeah, take right. off and you're doing us a favor as it is coming back on. So Philip, you want no, to tell I... us uh, where people can find more of your work before you head out here? Yeah, uh, you can find me at reviewsfromabed.net as well as on Twitter at Vandy uh, Vandy Price, and I have a page on Facebook for Reviews from a Bed. Uh, you can just search that and should be able to find it. Uh, but thanks again for for having me on, and I uh, hope to talk with you guys soon. For sure, yeah. man. Yeah, Thank we'll you. be back soon enough. All right, thanks. Okay, hey. I'll see you. Bye. All right. Um, so is your recording still going? Recording is still going, I believe. <laughs> yes. Um, so Abe, um, with those, with the other thoughts in mind, what did you think of the film? I thought it was a bad movie. I think that one of the things that uh, is very hurtful for it is just it's poor editing, um, and it's very shallow. It doesn't really go into a lot of anything. It doesn't, aside from Chris Cooper, Chris Cooper. <laughs> Bradley Remember Cooper. Remember when Chris Cooper got out of the <laughs> helicopter and he looked like Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Like, wow, Chris just... Cooper really transformed himself <laughs> for this role. <laughs> it was like <laughs> Stephen Lang in Avatar. It was crazy. <laughs> Back in, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper is fantastic in this movie, don't get me wrong. And again, I'm not saying anything bad about uh, U.S. armed military forces. I'm just saying that this movie, as a movie, is not very um, engaging to some degree for me. Because of the poor editing, the lack of anything to say, very shallow scenes of characters here and there. And for the most part, just everything about it is something that you have already seen before. Again, one of the things that I did really like about it is that it does have a pretty decent uh, sort of ending where Chris Kyle goes back to Texas, to the United States, and does some things with the uh, the war veterans Um to, in order to deal with his own PTSD, uh, which is something that we missed from Unbroken and some uh, something that I haven't really seen a lot of in film. But for the most part, this movie is – if you want to watch a war movie, you can watch a different war movie. If you want to watch a, a character piece, you can watch a different movie. Examples, if you just want war, Black Hawk Down. If you just want a character piece and how they struggle with their decisions, go and watch The Hurt Locker. It, those are much, much better than this because of the way that they set things up, the stakes are set, and the way that they have filmed it. Mm-hmm. As far as I 
think of the movie. I, I actually like it. I, I don't love it. I would agree that it's Clint Eastwood's best in a while, which isn't saying much necessarily. But regardless of you know how it compares to his other movies, and I do agree with a lot of the points that you both have made. I also agree with something that some things that Philip has said. I agree. I, I um I do think Bradley Cooper is what does it for me. He he really makes this movie work. I beyond just kind of the the physical transformation he went through. I think just the way he's emoting, the way he's presenting himself, the way he presents Chris Kyle as a character in the film not necessarily reflecting on how real life he may have been. Regardless of all that, in terms of the you know the cinematic performance I saw from Bradley Cooper, he's what makes this film work for me. I also think that Sienna Miller as his wife, she does a good job in a role that's very underwritten and has a lot of kind of standard dialogue for her to work with in scenes that are fairly cliche at this point. But while there's a lot of action stuff in it, which I think is generally well filmed, there might be too much of it, given that there's not much more for the film to say about it, which is part of the problem right there, I do think that stuff is competently done, and I do think that there are two key scenes at home, along with just the stuff at home in general, given how much I like Cooper in this film, that does a good job. I mean, I, we've seen the scene in the trailer of him at the bar and talking with his wife on the cell phone. But there's also another scene, which Philip brought up, too, at, when he's at the mechanic shop. And there's just there's things that, that Cooper's doing here that make that made me overall appreciate the movie and what, what it was trying to do. It's not in the same league as something like, uh, like, like Lone Survivor, which I did not like, mainly because of how kind of it treated everyone like martyrs in a way that was, like, very overdone. It, yeah. It wasn't horrible for that reason, but at the same time, it just didn't sit right with me in that kind of way. Well, this movie, mm-hmm. I think it's it's much more, there's much more nationalism here, rather than, I wouldn't say jingoistic is the term to use, but nationalism, and that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. I, I mean, I, right, terms, yeah, I don't think for, it's a... As far, I mean, for Clint Eastwood to make a movie like this, I kind of expect a certain kind of movie, and that's what I got here. I wouldn't say that makes it a great movie, but at the same time, given his views on things and how one would interpret certain... I mean, it, it, is, it was done enough without kind of being overdone, if that makes sense, mainly because Clint Eastwood doesn't really overdo things beyond yeah. some of his cinematic and maybe that's techniques. It. Yeah. You're, right. Maybe, You're right. Maybe that's it, because maybe it, he just doesn't over, overdo things. That's why you have hints of PTSD, hints of the war at home, hints of um, the war abroad kind of thing, and... I don't know. Maybe that's why everything just feels like it's no, just no, skimming the surface. Completely fair. It is superficial. I have no doubt about saying that. I mean that yeah. that is very much part of the issue. It doesn't ha- it doesn't try to tackle anything. And you know, yeah, obviously, if you or Aaron, you brought up you bring up Hurt Locker, which is a very apt comparison. I, I bring up Zero Dark Thirty, even though it's not really an action movie as much as this movie is. But those are movies, both Bigelow movies, that you know are yeah. set during this kind of time period that this movie set in. And have something to say, and they have researched things going on here that don't that aren't about. And even Zero Dark Thirty, which is a movie that's I, almost that's my like it's, movie I mean, of twenty twelve. Yeah, it was a fantastic movie. But even that movie, it, it has a singular focus in terms of kind of the character being shown and you know, the obsession involved with that person, while also tackling a lot of very interesting ideas. Yeah. And this movie doesn't do that. It has a singular focus on a character, and it has mm-hmm. ideas. It doesn't tackle any of them. It just has yep. Chris Kyle being very standoffish and not doing anything. Bradley Cooper does that well, and it's his performance that makes that work. It's not the screenplay that does the Oscar-nominated screenplay that does that. But and that's one of the yeah. problems is just that you have uh, again Zero Dark Thirty is a great example that I didn't bring up. But if you want to focus on somebody and then also create scenes of tension, that's a great movie to watch if you want to do that. This movie I didn't really feel tense all throughout. I didn't feel really tense uh, in any of the shoot. Like one of the scenes, yes, but then. There's another scene later in which there's um, Bradley Cooper downs one guy and some uh, there's a person that picks up an RPG uh, launcher and it's gonna aim it at the thing and he's just like hey man don't do it like I really it's like I don't understand this this scene right here because you've already done something like this earlier in the movie why do you have a problem with it now I mean you but I think there's 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 a sense that like the first scene you see in the movie is before he has a child. And okay, this right. scene in the movie, it's after he has two kids, I believe, at this point. And I can understand where he, where, I mean, at the the mental state he's in, I can see where the trepid, where the kind of trepidation is obviously yeah. because he has to, you know, I'll, I'll let that one pass then. But but but, I, but, but I you never, I do. Want, you're I, you're I, filling in those blanks though. The yeah, movie but, doesn't I'm, present but I'm a smart moviegoer. Like I, like, it's the, <laughs> like yeah, and I know, I, but I, but, but you should trust his audience yeah. to an extent. I mean, yeah. I, it's not like I'm just grabbing these things out of thin air. Go ahead and finish up your thought. Well, I was gonna say I do agree with what you're saying in an overall kind of sense where. 
the tension's never as strong as it might need to be compared to a film like The Hurt Locker. And I don't want to keep going back mm-hmm. to, you know, best picture winner, The Hurt Locker. But, I mean, there there are ways to make certain scenarios feel a lot more tense than they otherwise could be, given the competence of the filmmaking and the context of certain scenes and the characters involved and whatnot. All right. we really have to go on is Bradley Cooper's mental state because we don't care about anybody else in this film. And that's it. So, and yeah. Eastwood's direction and, only does so much for the film. So, yeah, it, a lot of it really lies on Bradley Cooper's very built-up shoulders for this movie. Yeah, and I brought this up in our, in our first recording, uh, which is in the netherworld now. Um, Nothing says a reference, like one to a recording no one can ever <laughs> hear. But, uh, <clears throat> but you know, I don't know how much of it, how much, how much creative liberty you can take. And Aaron, you brought up a good point about it in terms of, you know, hey, like, you know, they added this extra sniper in there, and they added. You know, some stuff there. But again, I don't know how much creative liberty you can take in terms of like the arguments they had at home with the PTSD or whatever Chris Kyle was going through um, with his comrades in battle. I mean, I don't know how much you want to take that away from a person who did write their own uh, memoirs about it. So, with, with help. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, with help. With, the thing with that is it's, I mean, at the end, it's a movie. Like, yes, it's about a real person, it's presenting things as true to life as they can be, but at the end of the day, it is a movie, and if Soma is going to get controversy because the white guy wasn't liked enough in it... (laughs) Which white guy? LBJ. Oh, that's... Dude, that was a great scene he has. There's a lot, I mean... Yeah. I think Tom Wilkinson's great. Tom Wilkinson did a good movie. Which is, good job. it's a shame that the controversy around his character, uh, yeah. what, this isn't a Selma conversation, but yeah. I mean, that's a movie that, you know, it takes its own liberties as any biopic does. And yeah, you can, you, you have to write these things to make them more cinematic. Yes, I agree. And I brought this up in the previous recording that no one over here, that <laughs> giving him a nemesis doesn't necessarily make it a better movie. Um, yeah. And, you know, adding the kind of dramatic to it, including, like, you know, the final coda with the slow-mo and whatnot. That doesn't help either, necessarily. But I, I could get around the idea of embellishing or adding or subtracting or doing whatever you can if you want to tell a good story. The problem is the stories, it's not that greatly assembled because of, as Aaron's mentioned many times, the efficiency of Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker doesn't necessarily lead to a very well-nuanced film. So you don't... Yeah, so, as it stands, you have a film that has little to say. Um... <laughs> doesn't tackle many big ideas, has a lot more action than it might need to, has very little of the stuff you might want to see, which is the you know portrayal of how this man's crumbling apart beyond just what Bradley Cooper gives in his facial expressions. Right. So all you're left with is Bradley Cooper, and he does a great job. He, he does really a great does. job. And that's, yeah. for me, I, that was enough. I understand yeah. that's not enough for you guys, but yeah, that was, that no, was enough. I honestly me. didn't think that there was, or the action sequences, they were fine. It's just, again, I, everything is just so choppily done in terms of, um, there's like a shootout, and then they just cuts to him, I don't know, being somewhere else. I, I just didn't really like the way that they were editing this movie. Because there's no weight in any of the things that, that happens then. And I'm not saying that there's no weight overall, but I'm just saying at various points throughout the movie, you watch something happen on the screen, and then there's no real repercussion or there's no real delving into why he may have uh, had hesitations about something or you know, how much he um, really liked his comrades. I mean, one of the things that happens is they go, they get really hot-headed. They want to go after this guy because one of their guys got downed. So they walk into this ambush. Afterward, it's just like he's just sitting there on a plane with, like, a, a casket, right? And it's – I understand the, the sensitivity of the situation. I understand the gravity of it. it but at the same time, like, the, the film is not it's really – It's easy stuff. It's easy way to kind of get you – get. Maybe that's, yeah, maybe growing. that's what I'm trying to maybe that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, yeah, know? it's just like and again, as Aaron, you've been saying, it's not like he's taken many chances. No. Yeah. Not at all. He never does. So anyhow, I mean, he kind of did with Gran Torino, but he he tells it as straight up as possible. Every time Gran Torino gets mentioned, it humors me because people love that movie for some reason. <laughs> it's like okay, um, I don't like it very much. I, I know. I like Clint in it. What else was I saying? Oh, and you mentioned the comrades. You get a scene where a comrade talks about the, you know, the girl back yeah, home. Yeah, about that earlier. Really. It's like, so, you know, he's, he's talking about he's talking about why he doesn't really believe in this war. Maybe he's questioning it. And then, uh, you know, Bradley Cooper's like, you know, hey, if you want to sit this one out, great. And then later, uh, unfortunate things happen. He's like, hey, man, that guy did himself in. He wrote this letter. And it's like, okay. I mean, I don't fully understand why... I, why was the scene with his comrade 
his buddy from the SEAL team. Why was that so, that felt so, I, I don't know, it felt kind of jarring, but it felt very short and felt very it's, it's bantery without unimpactful. Enough, it's bantery without giving enough kind of natural weight to it, so you you don't necessarily see the progression of how that banter actually meant something more yeah. important. It does it. mean something more important because later, you know, he has his It does, but you don't realize fight. it's going to mean something yeah. more important. So you don't he has his dog fight and he's just like, hey, I'm ready to come home. He, he finally gets it. But at the same time, that's, that's a problem, right? So that's kind of what you and Aaron Fink uh, have talked about, which is like, Clint Eastwood just doesn't put a lot of, uh, it's just very straightforward. It's not as though he wants to maybe make you think about it that wholeheartedly. But at the same time, which, it I kinda... mean, that can work if the I mean it, it can't I mean you don't it movies don't have to say something all yeah. the time that can but what work. I'm saying is yeah. is that it hurts um it hurts the uh what should we call it it hurts what he's trying to say yeah and it stops it from and, being better that's a very yes I mean, that's, exactly because other than that for a movie there's... like this I mean it's not I mean there's you know movies that are frankly average or at least above yeah. average in terms of how they're accomplished cinematically but you know it's not like they have overriding themes or anything that's you know less than traditional beards like good versus evil or you know right. always do good or whatever i mean it there this is a movie that kind of lends itself to having more things that could it could be saying but it's, it's deliberately choosing not to yeah and, is your recording still going? Yes, I've been checking. Okay, yeah, because I'm like super paranoid by this. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anything else in this, no. this, in this no. faster-paced yeah, second again, review of American Sniper? There's a lot more that we went into, but that's all right. I mean, I think we covered a lot of our bases here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I, don't, I don't really have much else to say. Okay. I mean, I... And I don't want to underrepresent Philip because I know he had to jet off early, and he did spend a, yeah. he spent a good deal of we, time. We may be doing something special with him too, so just listen for that. But, but I, I will say bonus. that he and he and he and I both would recommend it as a matinee. I know you guys not so much, right? Yeah, Blu-ray. Yeah, I'd say like maybe if it's on HBO. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. Let's uh, actually, you know, because of the nature of this special podcast episode we actually kind of skipped over the trailer talk so with that in mind real quick we were going to talk we talked we talked about the walk earlier this is the new film with robert zemeckis directing with joseph gordon levitt starring as philip petit in the story of philip petit as he walked across the between the world trade center buildings back in the 70s it was his documentary man on wire which won an oscar it's one of my favorite documentaries aaron i believe you love this movie as well i do yeah and um to, let's quickly summarize what we thought of the trailer for the walk uh, Aaron, it was okay. Yeah, I, okay. You didn't it okay. like it. You didn't like it. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I'm intrigued, but kind of thinking, isn't this redundant because the documentary? The documentary is so good. It's, uh, it's so good, and it already feels fairly cinematic on its own without needing a movie. And I remember when that when that totally. trailer or when the documentary came out, you're like, "Hey, this is like one of my favorite documentaries ever." I think yeah, it was like, it's like yeah. I think it's like 2009 or eight, eight, eight. eight? I think it's eight. Oh man, Dark Knight, Man on Wire, same year. <laughs> What? Yeah, dude. Go That's watch crazy. Boyhood. Here. Yeah, you gotta go watch Boyhood and piece it all together. Oh, Pineapple yeah. Express and, uh, and what was the other? Tropic Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> top five movies. Top... I mean, she doesn't. <laughs> she didn't like the movies of the, the summer. summer. <laughs> Dark Knight, Pineapple Express, Tropic Thunder. She didn't like any of them. Well, What's you gotta on? talk about stuff that she likes. You know, maybe she wants to go to the mall or something. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's get let's get back to out now feed. This is we're gonna we're reading the feedback again. That's the dedication we have. That's how much we right love now, you guys. Because we want we didn't want to just let our listeners write in things and not have them properly said on the podcast. We're gonna yeah. do out now feedback again. So let's feedback. do it, Abe. Feedback, feedback. Okay. All right. So the question we asked everybody is: We should all be aware of a lack of a certain nomination. But other than that. Uh, thoughts on your Oscar nomination? Now, when I posted that, by the way, I should explain that because if you don't see the visual, it doesn't help. But I did put up, had the, a, I put up the image of the Lego Oscar that the Lego the Oscar. Chris Miller put together, knowing that the Lego movie got snubbed, um, weirdly. Um, so yeah, that's that's yeah. that's what that's referring to with the lack of a certain nomination. But go on. Abe. And Philip Herb writes, I don't know if it's feasible, but I'd like something of an Oscar primer on one of your episodes, possibly incorporated in a pre-Oscar show. That is, what exactly do various Oscar categories mean, and what do y'all think of? Voters uh, typically look for when voting. That could that's be something question. we do next week, actually, yeah. since we don't have an idea for next week's show yet. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good idea, Philip, and we might be able to address that soon. Manish writes, I'm beyond thrilled for Laura Dern and uh, Marianne Cotillard, such sweet surprises, but I'm sad that Jake G uh, is an absolute tragedy, and he's talking about for Nightcrawler, because he did a very good job yeah, at Nightcrawler. Yeah, we, we, we're definitely fans of... Uh... I'm definitely a fan of Nightcrawler, and yeah, it would have been great he to see him get He looked scary. Nominated. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal looks scary, and the movie, I wasn't... Yeah, he looked like Jack Skellington with hair. He he did! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler asked us, other than the Lego movie getting snubbed, uh, I was surprised to see so much love for the imitation game, and to see the nominations for Robert Duvall and Meryl Streep. 
Yeah, um... I'm not so much surprised because Imitation Game is a Weinstein Company movie, so they're going to push it, you know, as much as they can. Yeah. And... Also, it's got all the components. Yeah, of an yeah, Oscar it, it's it's King Speech. Like it's it's exactly King Speech. Yeah. <laughs> as and far as kind of Oscars go, Harvey uh, is old, so you know, yeah. Oscar, right? Yeah, I was surprised though. And then for Meryl Streep, I didn't watch Into the Woods, so can't really say much. I mean, it's not even. She near... was pretty good. She, she's fun. I mean, she's Streep, so she's not giving a bad performance, but it's like, the, you know, it's like the fourth best in that movie. <laughs> and it's also like, oh, it's not... Fourth sig- best? It's not I don't sig- know about that. It's But it's not significant compared to other supporting actresses that could have been nominated. And Robert Duvall, same thing. Where, like, yeah. Josh Brolin easily should have been nominated Inherent for Inherent Vice. Yeah. He didn't like Inherent Vice. He's great yeah, in that he's movie. Yeah, he's great in it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you should you know, be aware of with Josh Brolin and Hair Vice, but if he didn't get nominated, that's a travesty. This is where I should mention that, by the way, I was on a, I guessed it on a, an episode of Battleship Retention with our friends from the show, uh, Tyler and David Bax, and uh, that should, uh, that should be dropping soon, so I'll be sure Woo-hoo! to link that as well, but we talked about the Oscar nominations and what we thought of them. Uh, and we might talk about it next week as well. Maybe we'll finally get Mark Johnson back on this show, talk about Oscars. Yeah, we should. Yeah. You're listening to us, Mark. I know you are. <laughs> we miss you, MJ. Okay. Moving on. Bradley Cooper stars in American Snoop. Tonight, Snooper. Snooper? <laughs> yeah. Bradley American Cooper, Hank Cooper. Cooper. Snooper. Uh, Cooper. Yeah, Cooper and Snooper. <laughs> um, anyway, Bradley Cooper, cool guy. What do you think of him? How has he come along in his career? Favorite Cooper films? Philip writes, at first he annoyed me as an over-inquisitive reporter type in an alias with a hipster haircut. Now I love the guy. His performance in pretty much whatever he does are consistently great. You know, I thought of this question for a certain reason, Abe. It's because I you see Bradley Cooper now, and I'm trying to think: does, do people not? Is anyone that doesn't like him? Like I feel like he's, I, I don't think so. He's I mean, either like right before that period where everyone starts to hate on him, or he's somehow bypassed that period where everyone hates him before realizing, you know what, he's a good guy. Or like, certain, I, don't, I don't know if he was ever in like, that like, camp. like Clooney gets that kind of backlash where like most people, you know, he's just a charming guy, and other people are like, I don't like that Clooney. Doesn't do much for me. And I don't like, know if he's in that camp of, of people dislike him because I no, think I'm saying, he's also. I think him. Bradley Cooper's past that or like oh, he, he seems okay. like he's never had that problem. no I, yeah i'm saying like he i don't think he ever had that because again he's a very charming guy and we uh i like him a lot on his interviews especially with jimmy fallon and how much fun he has very charming guy and again when i first saw him in uh what was uh, the hangover i was thinking well this guy's kind of a square i don't know if he can really do anything but later you know he's done comedies he's in dramas he's a very very solid he's certainly perfect actor. a certain versatility that's for sure yeah. but yeah, I I know I never watched Alias, so the first time I really saw Cooper was in, in Wedding Crashers as the sack, the villain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the sack I saw I saw both Alias and Wedding Crashers, so I've been I've been with Cooper since the beginning. Was that was that weird given what his character is in the Alias versus what he is in you know Ultimate Jock Guy in the Wedding Crashers? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, he's just very good at being lots of different things. He's a chameleon. I agree, yeah. I, I but I but I do like him in those kind of alpha male roles. Is, you know, he does that well enough. But yeah, I, I've liked him a lot more, and you know, I really like Silver Linings Playbook. And yeah, I think I thought he was one of the better parts of American Black Hustle. Black. I mean, he's 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 and you know, this movie, he's you know, doing it. So I mean, he's, I'd say that he's consistently doing uh, good things. I mean, he's he's very good in a lot of even if you haven't watched stuff like Place Beyond the Pines, he's very good in that. Place Beyond the Pines mm-hmm. is really good, in, yeah. Yeah, he's really really good in that. But uh, I mean, look at look at these past three years, three um, three nominations in a row. That's only I think only like nine other male leads have done that. I believe I think that's something like that. Because like, between Playbook, Hustle, and this movie, three nominations in three years. That's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's people, batting a thousand. People so certainly far. like him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we all like Bradley Cooper. If he's on the show, great. You know, but you know, B, you know where our phone number is. B, thanks. Okay. <laughs> Next question we asked is, uh, uh, while you enjoy this nice music video from Boyhood, what were your favorite songs and films from 2014, even if they are not original? To clarify that one, I, I posted a video, or there was oh. a, a video, a music video was cut together of uh, Family of the Year's hero song to yep. scenes from Boyhood, which is posted on uh, whysoblue.com. And it's, it's pretty uh, satisfying music video. Um, Manish writes, hooked on a feeling from Gardens of the Galaxy. Moments, Emily Blunt's solo from Into the Woods. And I'm not sure if this is a real song, but I liked This Is Not the End song in the Edge of Tomorrow trailers. And I think that's some sort of techno electric house music song. I'm sure yeah, it's a real song. We don't know the exact name of the song, but yeah, that, that's a, it's a, you know, it's a sorrowful but neat song. For the, yeah. I like the end song that they use in Edge of Tomorrow, actually. I like that closing credit song. Uh, that's the one with, the, that's the one that they played during the NFL or yes. the college, the college football yeah. playoffs, or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. The, I mean, the Guardian soundtrack is solid. Uh, Katy Perry's use in the interview, <laughs> I think, is well worth crediting. 
both full run version and, and acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Or yeah, acoustic version. <laughs> All right. Did uh did Caesar did uh Caesar or uh someone in Planet Donna the Planet of the Apes sing something at some point? I can't remember. I, can't remember. I think they sang Cups. From, you think they sang Cups? Yeah. Yeah. From <laughs> I think it was it was a version of Cups in the future, and they were just using sign language a lot. And uh, you know what? No, I I, I just remembered. Um. Uh, Marvin Gaye in uh, Captain America, the, the way they kind of tied that in. Oh, the way they pushed that in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that. In a year where we have Guardians of the Galaxy, which heavily focuses on pop music, Captain America, oh. Cap still got a little in him. <laughs> He's got a list of to-dos. You yeah. know, he, get that, he gets that reference. He's got that to-do list. Yeah. All right, now uh, we had some questions asked to us, which we'll answer here. Philip asks, of the nine Grand Budapest Hotel Oscar nominations, which do you think is most likely to win? Uh, screenplay seems like a reasonable thought. Screenplay feels yep. like it, it, and then uh, you guys are probably the the more of the Oscar whizzes, so I'm gonna let you guys. I mean, have... I, I, production design is a maybe, or costume design for that. Like either of those are possibilities, I would say. Not necessarily surefire wins, but I mean, if... nothing is a surefire win on no, that movie. But no, I would say really script. Is. Yeah, script. Yeah, script seems like the. If there was one, it could win. It would be that, but that depends, I think, on how much the Academy loves Boyhood. Um, Said, I yeah, I know. It could, it could get, if it gets director or picture, I wouldn't be. I'd be surprised if it didn't also get screenplay in that. I don't think it should. I don't think it should. Well, I mean, I, I, it's you know, it, it's a good movie, and it should. I think it should win best picture, but I don't. You know what, Aaron? You're not screenplay. allowed to talk anymore because Boyhood is fantastic. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm, no, I'm I love just kidding. It. I just kidding. don't think it should win best screenplay because of the way that it was written. Well, the way that it was, yeah, the way that they had basically Richard Linklater didn't actually write a script. I, I can. No, they, did, some... they, no, they did write a script. It was just more. Well, it was developed. I, it wasn't. It wasn't developed like. I mean, it, it, the, script, the writing of the script is ambitious. Yeah, as the it was involved. It was itself. evolving throughout. The yeah, yeah. Was that's it. fine. Like I, it, I would it, say, compared to this, comparing comparing this to something like Before Sunset or Before Midnight, which were also Oscar nominated scripts. I mean, I, I would say those were probably more deserving than Boyhood script would be, mm. given the collaborative process and they had you know a whole working script all together in one time. Yeah. So in that sense, yes, and yeah, I mean, Grand Budapest. I'd love a world where that could win Oscars just in general because Wes Anderson's finally, you know, getting Oscars. Yeah, um, you should definitely be getting a lot more nom- – or if you haven't seen his stuff, go watch his stuff. Yeah, yeah. but Grand Budapest getting nine nominations, that's that's a huge step right there for Wes Anderson and Wes Anderson fans alike. So. Yeah. yeah. Especially for Wes Anderson who doesn't campaign. That's why his movies, you know, largely don't – I mean, it helps that this one's more acclaimed than some of his other movies. But, I mean, he doesn't do campaigning for his Oscars, so, it's you know, it's – it's nice that the Academy's like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to nominate you anyway. Like That's this is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Manish asks us, do you have any Blu-ray DVD blind buys where after you watch them, you're thinking, oh, what was I thinking? Um, I don't blind buy things many, very often just because I'm pretty careful of what I like get in terms of Blu-rays and DVDs in terms of the movies I go. But yeah, I mean, the ones that I have, which are mainly Criterion's, mm. I, no, I don't really – I haven't really sat back and thought, no, that wasn't worth it. Like that's never really happened. Aaron Fink? Um, yeah, and I'm, I usually am deliberate about my my purchases in that area. Sometimes I'll go and buy some stuff, you know, like in the $10 Best Buy bins or whatever, but it's usually something that I've seen or that I want to see. Um, so I, I don't know if you'd say that's a blind buy. I guess maybe it is. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's a blind buy, I'd say. Okay, so I do. You're you're assuming you'd like something, but I mean, I think you're saying you're, you know, decisive enough where you think you'll probably like it and you ended up liking it, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe there. I'm sure there are a few movies that I've bought in my lifetime that I don't like anymore. Um, There are some that I've bought that I might have thought, well, I'm not going to watch this again, or at least not very often, that I haven't seen before, which. Some criterions, not yeah. every one of them's like a you yeah. know a, a slapstick comedy that you can't wait to right. put on again or yeah. something like that. Sure. Matilda, yeah, Matilda. Yeah, but the Criterion's collection to release a Matilda, <laughs> not as not as not as hyped up as I thought. I was gonna Dan, Dan, if you don't read Perlman, yeah, you don't need to see them in stunning Blu-ray. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's feedback. Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's do a little. Let's do a little. Another round of games here. Eh? Oh, are we doing that? You think it's that time? You think it's that time? <laughs> I don't. But you guys already know the answer. Abe, hey, just say games, and then I'll do. Oh, the thing. yeah, games. All right. So because we already recorded a game that was super <laughs> fun, and you'll never get to hear it. Oh my! It, it, know how dramatic it was. It was insane. We were literally punching insane. our screens trying to get yeah. the right answers in time. Uh, I'm gonna do a completely different game. Um, that we've done in the past day, though we haven't done that in a while. Okay. Mainly because there's only three of us here, and we have to make up something on the spot. It's knockout. Remember knockout? Yes. 
Knockout is where we take turns listing the films of an actor or director, and I feel like we can do two rounds of Knockout, and we can talk about both Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper. So put everything away, and the idea is that we're going to take turns listing the films of their, of, of the actor or director. Uh, we'll go in just two Aaron's and an Abe. This is the worst oh, way to do it. We'll do. We'll go Aaron Fink. Myself and then Abe in that order. That so Aaron, you'll start saying you'll say one, and then I'll say one, and then Abe will say one. And then we'll go back in a circle until we run out of names, right. and we'll give you a good kind of couple seconds if you can. So anything that Clint Eastwood has we'll, directed or is has been in. We'll start with Eastwood. Okay, yeah, either yeah, either way, director or acting. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll say go. <laughs> sure. Um, Unforgiven. Uh, fistful of dollars. Um. Uh, Jersey Boys. <laughs> uh, hereafter. <laughs> oh shoot, I, I skipped you. Sorry. You did. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hereafter. <laughs> uh, Grant Reno. Uh, uh, million Dollar Baby. Any which way but loose. Mm, um. Yeah, in the uh, clear uh, in the line of fire. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, Mystic River. Any which way you can. Those are uh, both uh, his monkey movies. Uh, Bridges of Madison County. Ooh. Blood yes. work. Uh, uh, play Misty for me. Uh, J. Edgar. No one said Grant Torino yet. Oh, I did. Oh, you did? Okay. Changeling. Changeling? Yeah, I forgot about that. The American Sniper. Uh, some war movie back when he was younger. Nice, you're out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Invictus. Damn it! Dirty Harry. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Letters Damn from, it! <laughs> Letters from Iwo Jima. Space Cowboys. Yep. Damn it! <laughs> There's so much more. <laughs> Sudden Impact. Oh God! Um, um, oh, sorry, I swore. It's all right, it's all right. It's Delete right. that. Shoot, I, I think I'm, I think I've lost. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. Break Ridge. There's, um, there's the three more Dirty Harry movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a mm. lot of westerns. Uh, <laughs> oh, for a few dollars more. For a few dollars more, yeah. Uh. All right, that's that one. Okay. All right. Next round, Bradley Cooper. We'll go reverse this time. A, me, Aaron. Okay. Alias. Movies. <laughs> Start again. Go. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, American Hustle. Limitless. Oh, God. Uh, Wedding Crashers. Um, the Hangover. Hangover Part 2. Hangover Part 3. American Sniper. Silver Linings Playbook. The Eighteenth. <laughs> What's uh, that one? Of... Oh, yeah. Go. Uh... Uh, plus Beyond the Pines. Oh my god, what's that one of Sandra Bullock that's like the worst movie? But Steve, all about Steve or something? Steve? I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd look it up, but I can't uh, look it up. Um, uh, I think you're out, dude. Uh, oh, okay, I'm out. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It is all about Steve. I'm oh, in. wow, I'm Guardians in. of the Galaxy. Uh, that one terrible movie with CBS Productions called The Words. Oh, man. It was called All About Steve. Aaron, I'm going to let you back in. Thank you. Fine, you're in. Okay. Good thing I, I thought of one right away <laughs> since I'm back in now. Go. I have. Man, wait till, you, wait till I name it, guys. Hold yeah, because you Here have three comes. seconds. It's coming. <laughs> Midnight Meat Train. He was on. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, uh, Valentine's Day. Right? Uh, Isn't yep. he in that stupid yeah, yeah, movie? Yeah, right. I don't know. I, I'm out. Oh! Go ahead, newer. The one with Kristen Stewart and Dak Shepard. <laughs> um, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> no days. And I win with yeah. Wet Hot American Summer. Wet Hot American Summer! Boom! <laughs> oh. Aaron Fink! <laughs> taking it down! It's a tie, though. What's the one that I'm thinking of with him and uh, with who? With him, it's like he's like the villain, and like it's 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 Kristen Stewart and Dax Shepard. Oh, Hit and Run. Hit and Run. There we go. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. 
also things we didn't list. Not many. We got a lot of them here, guys. We got a lot of them, yeah. Yes, yeah. man. Um, he's just not that into you. Um, the rocker. That's failure to launch. He's apparently in. Failure to launch. He's in failure. Oh, God. yeah. That's pretty. Yeah, we we got him pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of TV before he was doing uh movies. That's so, cool. Yeah. All right. Good yeah. job, us. Good, good job by you guys. <laughs> okay. Head on the back, all around. All right. Do we need a tiebreaker? No. No. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the draw. Oh, go go take the draw. Okay, we'll do that. Since you came back for this podcast, I'll let yeah. you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's move on then. Let's get over to Out Now Presents What's Out Now. These are new movies coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week. We have a collection here. We have Lucy, which did. Yeah, That's fun. It's fun. So yeah. The Box Trolls. Oscar Oscar nominated the Box Trolls. Yep. Also, also good. We have The Drop. Very uh, good. Yeah, Tom Hardy's solid on that. James got nothing. I know Philip recommended that as well. Very, very good. Annabelle is terrible. Very bad. Uh, very, the, very bad. The Zero Theorem. That's the new Terry Gilliam film with Christoph Waltz. Um, I like it. Um, it's not one of his best, but I think it, from Gilliam fans, it's certainly worth checking out. Hmm. Uh, and White Bird and a Blizzard. This is the Shailene Woodley indie film. Yeah. Like, Ava Green's in it, too. Ava Green's in it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that she uh, has some of Mom's cookies in it. For some, <laughs> okay. She yeah. does. Yeah, She Eva Green does her, her, like, her typical crazy woman shtick. Just, you know, how she's been crazy in the last few things. She's been in, like, yeah. 300 yeah. and Sin City, uh, Sin City yeah. and uh, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, so I've you're heard... saying that she's got a lot of uh, running mascara. Yes. <laughs> okay, got it. I've heard mixed things, but I'm, I'm curious just because who's the director? It's not Nagoyan, is it? Let me see. No. Or no, it's it's um oh what's it? He did um Kaboom, to white. Iraqi. Iraqi. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's uh-huh. why we have film fans on this pretty show. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so we can pull up good. Gregory Iraqi. Like Iraqi. <laughs> Boom. Uh, next week's show. Next week, Abe and I have no idea what we're going to do next week yet. Um, we might... something fun, though. Something fun, for sure. Well, it's always fun. I mean, it's just how much fun are we going to have? That's really the question we should be asking. Hella fun. Hella fun. That's the answer. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we're going to do. Don't rub your Bay Area slang on us, Abe, with your hellas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we'll figure it out. We'll let you guys know. Um, Heck that, yeah, fun. With that said, what should people go see, and what do you plan to see next is our next thing here before we wrap up. So, Aaron, what do you want? What should people go see, and what do you plan to see next? I guess people. Well, you should see any of the um, Oscar-nominated films that you can. Obviously, uh, I don't. I don't think that any of the best pictures are really, really horrible. Um, no. So I mean, I mean if, Sni- if Sniper is probably your your lowest rank- ranking one for you, right? So yeah, probably. Else from, I mean, the theory of everything is fine. The uh-huh. imitation game is fine, uh-huh. um, and then everything else I'm pretty much on board with. So. Yeah, I am too. So I would say see those, or also see Selma because that's a travesty. It's a best picture. Um, it's pretty great. So <laughs> Abe, John Wick, find it. Seek it out, even though it's not unreleased. Why was John Wick not in your top ten? And you keep recommending it every week. <laughs> because as fun as it is, there's uh, there are other films that are wholly more, uh, much quote unquote better films. Wholly meaning like action, or I'm sorry, uh, writing, directing, as, as opposed to having holes in them. Was that what the opposed to say? <laughs> I mean, the bodies have a lot of holes in them because he's using a lot of magazines. But I mean, it's it's fun. He's pretty much a, a one-headshot guy, though. I don't know if they have that many holes in them. He's very efficient with his bullets. Yeah, he's the Clint Eastwood of Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I would recommend Selma if you're in a dramatic mood and Paddington if you're in a fun mood. Okay. And um, uh, next I'm seeing Wild Card with Jason Statham, so that should be interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing Mother's Cookies with you on Wednesday. Boom. <laughs> Can't wait. I really cannot wait for you guys to write stuff on Facebook. All right, so... For the second time, but not thank to the you. listener. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Um, yeah, thank you, Aaron, for joining us again. Uh-huh, you <laughs> uh, got it. But with that said, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as at ysablue.com for all my blue reviews. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? Find more of Aaron's work at thecodeazeek.com as well as follow him at aaronsps4. Or you can follow me at walrusmoose, hashtag jiggles. Jiggles. <laughs> Aaron? Yeah. Um, Hulu.com slash JustSeenIt. YouTube.com slash JustSeenIt Reviews. Uh, my Twitter handle is Aaron Evan Fink. 
and uh, I'm on the Facebooks too. Um, I don't know how much work is going to be coming, but you know, you can check out things that I occasionally post and read them or not read them, smile or not smile. And of course, Philip was on earlier, and he already said. But just to recap, you can find his reviews at reviewsfromabed.net. I'll be sure to link all of this stuff in the show notes anyway. Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, you can all you can find all the other episodes of Out Now there on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as hhwld.com. That is where you can find other fun shows like the Walking Dead TV podcast, Legion of Dudes, and whatnot, and our show as well, which is all about comics and TV and fun stuff like that. Hear us over at outnow.pagmag.com, as well as soundcloud.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us your thoughts on American Sniper or just your films that you've seen recently in general at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Type at us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Feel free to follow us on Tumblr, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, and of course, there's the voicemail line, 972-798-3830. You can send us an audio recording there, and we can put it on the show, maybe answer a question or something, what have you. So, with all that in mind, Aaron, yeah, once again, thank you for thank sticking you. with us in this uh, hastily edited <laughs> second attempt at a podcast for this week's show. Hopefully it will sound great to the listeners. I hope so. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with all that in mind, we'll figure out what we're going to do next week. So until next time, so long. And it happened. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It happened. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. It's coming on. It's Finally, someone let me out of my cage Now, time for me is nothing cause I'm counting no A's Nah, I couldn't be there Nah, you shouldn't be scared I'm good at repairs And I'm under each snare Intangible Bet you didn't think so I command you to Panoramic view Look, I'll make it all manageable Pick and choose Sit and lose All you different crews Chicks and dudes Who you think is really kicking tunes Picture you getting down in a pit of tubes Like you lift the fuse You think it's fictional? Mystical? Maybe Spiritual hero who appears in you to clear your view when you're too crazy. Lifeless to those with definition for what life is. Priceless to you because I put you on the high shit. You like it? Gun smoke, you're righteous with one token. Psychic among no possess you with one go. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless. Not for long, the future is coming on. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long, the future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. Don't rub your Bay Area slang on a Z with your hellas. Um. <laughs>